it takes another step of boldness and another step of faith to say, okay, now what I've created, I'm going to give to someone else. Hello, and welcome to Creative at Home, Creative Conversations. I'm Lindy Franklin-Smith, one of the founders and the artistic director of the Lexington Theater Company. In this new podcast, we'll be talking all about creativity, how to tap into it, how to practice it, and what exactly it means. We're going to be talking to creative artists from all around the country, and we're so excited for you to be a part of Creative Conversations. In today's episode, we're chatting with Kentucky-based professional actor Darian Sanders. Darian was part of our very first production here at the Lexington Theatre Company, duetting with Broadway star Jonathan Groff in our very first production of Concert with the Stars. Darian's done many shows with us over the years, and we were so proud to watch him make his national tour debut in the Broadway national tour of The Lion King. Today, we'll be chatting with Darian about his artistic journey how to move the needle forward with creativity, staying generous and contributing with creativity, and just getting out there and making it happen. Welcome, Darian. Well, hello, everyone. We're so excited to kick off Creative Conversations today with our first guest, Darian Sanders. Now, you're going to hear the whole interview in just a moment that we recorded a couple weeks ago. But in light of everything that's going on in our world right now, uh, Darian and I thought it would be great to come back and have another conversation before we get into our creative conversation, just talking about uh, the Lex and Darian and and uh, how we're all feeling and doing right now. So please help me welcome back Darian Sanders. We're so glad to see you this morning. So glad to be here, as always, Miss Lindy. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Well, I can't wait for folks to listen in to our creative conversation here in just a minute. But I know you and I have both been having a lot of other conversations lately about everything that's going on with racial equality in our world, how the Lex can play a positive role in moving forward. And you've been so instrumental in talking with me and talking with our alumni uh, on some on group calls. And we're having some really lovely conversations I know you wanted to share your heart this morning, and so I'm just going to turn it over to you. I think for me, the biggest thing is wanting to just come and say, uh, getting this thing started, it's not the way that we wanted to kind of jump into the conversation of creative at home in these podcasts and what we're doing. But one of the cool things about it is I absolutely love uh, how the Lex is and what the Lex stands for and what they're about. And the thing, the thing with the Lex that I love is that it's always a free and open space to feel loved, to feel accepted and invited into conversations that sometimes can be a little uncomfortable. But the beautiful part about it is it's an even playing field of wanting to have those conversations. And I think for many, when it comes to uh, racial conversations, uh, a lot of people look at when people start to do things, it can be perceived or thought about in a negative way, negative way in a negative light, or think of it um, that it got 
got, got brought about or people are starting to talk or bring people on that aren't normally a part of things or can can just have have some negative connotations with it. And so I wanted to come on and say I I love the fact of the matter that I'm I am the first episode and it it's just one of those things that it, it just happened because when you asked me to do it a long time ago, I was like, absolutely, heck yes. And then when we were in the uh, middle of recording, it was like, it's so crazy to think and process through, you know, being one of the first people that were helping start the Lex in, in the first concert with the stars to then helping be the first podcast for this creative at home conversation. And so I only thought it was appropriate to say perceptions, reality sometimes, but also like speaking onto that reality of saying and getting super excited about just who the Lex is and what they're about. And so just wanted to come on and say, I've never felt nor do I feel like I have been the one of the token black people in the company. And I think wanting to say that is is coming from a spot of, I don't want it to be perceived of the Lex's heart, nor their actions of having me be the first person to do this, of saying like, oh, they're just trying to put a black person on for the first one so they can just speak to the culture of what's going on and, and the issues of what's going on. And so that's why I wanted to come on and say like, no, we, we've planned this for a while. <laughs> and it's actually just a beautiful thing that I was the first person that was on so that now we can just come in and have this open conversation and say like, you know, there are people that are that are talking about ways to fight for equality all across the board in the same way that uh, the Lex doesn't discriminate towards sexual orientation or gender or religious background. They don't discriminate towards racial background either. And it's it's beautiful to see, but it's even even more beautiful to talk about and put openly out there because we can talk through show and show and show and time and time again where myself and other people have been cast in roles and positions that maybe other companies wouldn't do or wouldn't cast them for. And so it's it's just beautiful to see as far as it being put into example as well, but then also having a spot to talk about it. So I just wanted to come before we actually get into the podcast and say that I appreciate where the Lex stands uh, and how it stands with just equality across the board. But even more so, I, I appreciate how they stand in the voice that they have given me and the platform that they've given me to allow me to talk about this before we get started uh, with Creative at the Lex. Well, Darian, thank you so much for those beautiful words. You are, you have always been and always will be such a special and important part of our Lex family. I'm so excited for everyone to get to hear all of our creative conversations coming next. We hope you enjoy. And this is just the beginning of the creative conversations and the difficult conversations that we're all having right now moving forward. The Lex is excited to find a way to make a positive impact as we move forward together. And Darian, I'm so glad to have you as a part of this family and as a part of this Lex team. And uh, we look forward to lots more memories together. Absolutely. Enjoy, guys. Well, Darian Sanders, it is so good to see you on Zoom right now, and I'm so glad you're here with us on Creative at Home, Creative Conversations. Ah, uh, so love being here. So love you. So love the Lex. I'm all about it. <laughs> how are you? Tell us where you are. Tell us how you're doing. Oh, I am in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, it's where I live. It's where I've been the past few years. Um, we are doing well. 
my wife, my boy. Uh, we're doing great. Um, just kind of doing what we can to stay busy, to stay active, but then also stay sane. Before we dive into uh, to that part of the conversation, I just wanted to let everybody watching and listening get to know you a little bit more. Of course, you're a very special member of our Lex fam. You've done so many shows with us over the years. And of course, the last we saw you performing, you were out on the national tour of The Lion King. So thrilling. Yes. Let's talk about how it all began. Tell us how you started. Tell us when you fell in love with the arts and with musical theater. Yeah, absolutely. So it it truly started when I lived back in Lexington. Um, I was uh, a worship pastor at a church, and I ended up singing uh, the national anthem at a basketball game. And my now manager, Peggy Stamps, saw me and she was like, hey, have you ever thought about musical theater? I said, no, not at all. Um, and then from there, it's kind of snowballed and run forward. I uh, started with the University of Louisville, or the University of Louisville, University of Kentucky, with um, a grand night for singing. I met you there. I met Jeremy there. I got to perform uh, with Dr. McCorvey and just on the Singletary Center stage. And that kind of sparked an interest of like, hey, this is pretty awesome. <laughs> so uh, 2015, you asked me to help launch the Lex. And I got to sing on stage at the Opera House, got to sing with Jonathan Groff. And it was, it was just one of those things of seeing some things come to reality and having people believe in you and kind of encourage you. And then from there, it was one of those things of knowing and understanding like, hey, I could really do this. And so what that meant was trying to do it. So the first couple seasons of the Lex went and auditioned. I completely was not equipped and prepared. <laughs> so, but I put myself out there. And one of the cool things about it was in the learning process of what the Lex stands for, um, it was a training ground, even in the audition process to say, hey, this is what we love about you. This is what we see in you. This is what you need to work on. So after the first two seasons, I just continued to work on it, started taking ballet classes, started taking any kind of dance class that I could, music classes, acting classes. And then the third season of the Lex, I joined with Legally Blonde. <laughs> I want to keep going from there, but before we stray too far away from the beginnings of it all, um, one of the things that's been coming up a lot for me in this uh, sort of new normal that we're in right now uh, is this idea of having a beginner's mindset. And we're all learning so many new things. You talked about the fact that you were you just happened to be singing at a basketball game. You were essentially kind of, you know, plucked out of the of the crowd there. And and you have some potential here, but you had some work to do. You had a lot to learn. So what was it like at that stage? Now tell us, were you out of college, in college, out of college at that basketball game? Where, where were you in your, in your journey? I was, <laughs> I was out of college. Uh, I was just shy of 30. Um, and so my, my thought process was I was living my life, had a family and had not even thought about theater. And even honestly, even the arts aspect, I played trumpet growing up and that took me to college. And so knowing that I was starting late in the game, even thinking about theater, it was like a daunting task of, am I even able to jump on board and do this? Because there are people that have been dancing since they've been two or three in studios working to become, you know, a Broadway star or, or dancing or singing or 
potentially to do anything. And because I was starting so late in the game, it was like, can I actually jump on board and do this? So what, so how did you do it? I mean, and I think you're hitting on something that is a, it's a big conversation in the world of performing arts of, of how soon do you have to start? And is it ever quote unquote too late? I think you're such an inspiration because you were on such a different path for so much of your, the early part of your life. And then you were able to make it happen. So tell us what it was like. How did you move forward when it was sort of all new to you at 30 years old? Yeah. The beautiful part about it is, um, one thing was my community, the people that I surrounded myself with and the people that encouraged me um, from day one. The fact that Peggy could see me and say, there's potential in you and to do something like that, um, that's huge because she took a huge leap of faith on me. The potential that, you know, you and Jeremy saw in me, not even, even before the Lex was a thing to say like, hey, in Grand Night, hey, we want you to sing this or we want you to dance this or we want to put you here. And I was like, you, you know, I've never done this before. You're like, mm -hmm, yeah, I know. It's okay. Get out there. I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> Put me with dancers. Sure. I can, I can hang on. Okay, let's go. We saw that potential. <laughs> we did. But to have people in your corner that see something and believe in you and know how to pull that out of you is huge. Also understanding like you need to know that you have to do some things, even with the God-given talent that you've been given. Otherwise, like, you're not going to move forward. And I tell people that all the time. You can have natural ability, natural talent, but people that are working harder than you are going to surpass you far greater than anything that you've done. And I think that's that's part of something that has been instilled in me since kind of the beginning with how I've lived life with music, um, with putting in that work and rehearsing and practicing and doing what you have to do to make sure that you're equipped and ready to go when opportunities present themselves. But I think for me, one of the biggest factors is understanding, like, even though I was 30 and starting in the game of musical theater, all of my life experiences and everything that I did leading up to that point was training ground. It may not be studio training ground of point flex uh, extension all the way through my leg, but it was that aspect of telling a story or having a conversation with somebody or being real and present in the moment and then taking that and applying it to okay, now we're going to sit in a room and have a conversation or now we're going to sit in a room and audition and somebody wants you to talk to them and tell them a story via musical theater. And it's like, well, I've been telling a story all my life. I love that. I love that. And I love that you touched on the hard work because it is hard work. And it's another, it's another one of those, you know, sort of things about the performing arts where it feels very glamorous, uh, but behind the scenes, it's a lot of sweat. It's a lot of grit. It's a lot of hard work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk about uh, that journey then from Legally Blonde at the Lex to the Lion King National Tour and joining ah! the ranks as an equity actor. So let's just talk for a minute about the, the sort of leap from, okay, I think I'm kind of good at this theater thing and I'm starting to get some roles on my resume and I'm thinking I might want to shoot for, for, for Broadway, for a Broadway national tour. How did you get from point A to point B? Oh man, it was, it was a journey. <laughs> it still is a journey. And honestly, it, it was a lot of encouragement from my wife. Uh, you know, we decided uh, a couple of years ago before uh, we had Titus that 
we were going to fully fledge, just jump in and dive in and, and try this Broadway thing. What, what that looked like, you know, living in Lexington, but not living in New York, flying back and forth for auditions, doing video auditions, submitting whatever, um, and walking through what that would look like. Uh, and then we found out that we were having a child. So I said, Hey, well, I guess I'm, I'm going to be a dad. So this is going to have to go on the back burner. And three months into the pregnancy, that's when Newsies came out um, in theaters. And we went and saw it four times. <laughs> and my wife was like, so probably going to keep going because you can like you cannot not do this. Like it's it's in your blood. You've caught the bug, but more than caught the bug, you have a passion for this. So like we'll make it work. We'll do whatever we need to do. And so from there just jumping in and saying, okay, what does that look like? So starting with video submissions and then having casting call and saying, okay, we want you to come in. And so then flew up and went, went in for casting. They were like, okay, let's see what this next process is. Two weeks later, flew up, went in front of the creatives. It's like, okay, we're still going. <laughs> and then lastly, it was like, hey, how about you come in for this final audition? We're going to teach you some dance. We're going to put this headdress on you and you're going to be in front of casting creative VP for Disney. And we're just going to see what you can do. Um, and it was really, really awesome because it was probably a six week process, probably a little bit more than that, obviously. Um, but just walking through different things and having people in your corner walk you through. Um, I, there were many a times that I called you that I was like, Lindy, I'm dying. What do I do? How do I do this? Whatever. And you were like, Darian, calm down. <laughs> Let's walk through this process to walk the journey of a Broadway hopeful to then being a Broadway star. It's like, man, what can I do? What have I done in that journey and in that path? And who has encouraged me? And how can I encourage somebody else? And so now it's sitting at a spot of elementary schools that are doing Lion King Jr. or elementary schools that haven't been able to do theater because of COVID saying, I don't care to jump on a call with you. I don't care. Like now that people are starting meeting back together, there's a school in, in Louisville, uh, an elementary school that wasn't able to do their Lion King Jr. and their principals are meeting. And so it was like, they're going to meet outside in a couple weeks. Heck yeah, I'm going to go surprise them because what better thing to do than to stand six feet apart sing some circle of life and bring some joy. Like, yes, let's go. <laughs> I love that. I think you hit on so many beautiful points in that story. And one of the things that just makes my heart so full is that idea of connection and paying it forward, which is so much what we're built on here at the Lexington Theater Company. And I just want to talk for a little bit. One of the things that we sort of believe in terms of how we bring artists together, we have that unique combination you know, of bringing folks who are seasoned pros along with up and coming talent. And what does that do in term for you? Because you've kind of gone through the ranks, if you will, at the Lex. Um, but what, what was that like in terms of being able to connect with the people in the industry? How did you find that it helped your skill set and did it affect your confidence? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it totally affected my confidence because to, to see and know and understand where, where your abilities are and being realistic with them, but then also having people that can see your potential and being very realistic with your ability in terms of the shows that you do, but not just that, 
the longevity of what's going on. So um, Mar- Mara Newberry-Greer, absolutely love her, absolutely love her heart. Love her as a choreographer, but love her even more as a friend because even in the midst of things that she's choreographing, she was like, dope, this may be a little bit too challenging for you. However, I still want you in the room. In the To have somebody that is real enough in the industry that knows how to choreograph for the most talented dancer in the world, but also know how to maneuver and encourage, but also change the little bit of the dance work so that somebody who isn't a seasoned dancer can be able to still hang. But then also to say like, okay, this is a little bit hard. Guess what? We're going to work on it on the side. We're going to work on it afterwards. Hey, I'm going to show you some things to make it easier for you. But then also knowing like, hey, I'm also going to push you and say, jump in this dance class, learn these steps and hang on. Because when you go to New York, they're not going to care whether or not you've been dancing for one year or whether you've been dancing for 20 years. At the end of the day, if you want the job, you have to be able to dance. So at some point in time, you're going to have to jump in the deep end and start swimming. And so the beauty, beautiful part about it is to be able to rally around and have those people that encourage you, but have those people that challenge you is, is honestly, it's priceless. And so to have a training ground like the Lex, and I tell, I tell people all the time, like, I am a poster child of the Lex because I literally was a local person that had no clue and no business being in theater that started from absolutely nothing and now I'm on Broadway. And and I attest a lot of that to the training ground of the Lex because it allowed me to honestly to fail forward, but honestly it allowed a lot of growth to happen in in the midst of things that I probably wouldn't be confident or I wouldn't caught myself catch myself dead in doing without a nudge and without a push. The fact of the matter that you were like, um, there's a song from Kinky Boots I would like for you to sing. And I'm like, huh? Like me, Kinky Boots. And then walking through what that would look like, but then also walking through this story and emotion and and how can I apply that to myself and my life right now? And you know, the other part of the story you were telling that also just makes my heart sing is the idea of paying it forward. And I will never forget, uh, we were in, we do a traditional, there's a traditional way we start every process at the Lex. We call it the Lex Circle. And we do a big, giant circle in our rehearsal room. And we've even translated it to Zoom for our Zoom (laughs) sessions. We still figured out how to do one. Uh, But we go around, and I will never forget, because you, you finally had gotten the okay that you could share the news about the Lion King National Tour with us, and I will just never forget the look on everyone's faces. I was crying. So many people were crying. So many people uh, who were in that company had worked with you in many different shows, and the, the feeling of pride that one of our own had made this big break in their career, it just was so magical. It was a magical moment, and we were all cheering for you, And the other thing that immediately you you, within moments of you even, you know, getting this contract, you were like, how can I help? I want to pay it forward, you know, and 
what, what, what can I do? What, where can I be? Who can I talk to? Who can I inspire? And, uh, that is so beautiful. And I will happily claim you as the Lex poster child because not only have you risen through, and, and I'll, I'll disagree with you on one point. Cause you said you had no business. You absolutely had business <laughs> being in musical theater. Uh, but to watch your journey from my angle, and watch the hard work, the perseverance, the dedication, and the desire, because the desire was there from the word go. You you never stopped working, and you got you achieved that goal. You got to where you wanted to be, and then within moments of achieving it, you were already wondering how you could pay it forward and how you could complete that circle and circle back to the kids and the apprentices. And that is just Darian so beautiful and so special and we're so glad to have you in our Lex family thank you so much for all you do for us absolutely well let's let's talk a little bit about creative at home because that's what we're all working on right now um so before we before we dive into maybe some helpful hints or advice inspiration from you I'm just kind of curious uh I've been thinking about this notion of creativity and how it affects the work that we do as storytellers and the work that we do as, uh, you know, theatrical professionals. But I'm just so curious to know what it, what comes to your mind when we start talking about the word creativity? Vulnerability, um, authenticity are probably the, the first two words that come to mind. Um, because I think through uh, the beauty of creativity, but also the hardship of creativity, because it's one of those things of when you create something, you're so proud of it, but yet you're so scared to give it away sometimes because it's so near and dear and personal to your heart. So even wanting to create or even creating without anyone knowing, um, it takes another step of boldness and another step of faith to say, okay, now what I've created, I'm going to give to someone else to even, to even watch, to even listen to, um, to even invite them in, not even to go public with it, quote unquote, but even to invite someone in to say, hey, do you care to listen to this? Or hey, do you want to watch this? To not even post it, but just to invite someone into that space is 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 a pretty big deal. Yes. And I know you are incredibly generous with your creativity, because not only do you share your gifts on the musical theater stage, but also through your work in ministry. Also, I know you're, you sing at children's hospitals. And tell us a little bit about where that inspiration comes from and the idea of creating as a means of contribution, because you're really great at that. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's based out of a presence and a center of joy. Um, I think us as artists, us as people, um, the biggest and easiest thing that we can share and we can spread is joy. And I, I, I take it and I equate that to, to a smile. I take it to and equate that to a conversation and shifting someone's day, shifting someone's heart, shifting an atmosphere of a room that you walk into, or even shifting it with something that you want to present. And so whether that's a song that I create, a song that has spoken something to me that I want to share because it has a message of of hope and love and and something that this world is truly desperate for and needs, whatever that is and whatever that means is, I want to spread it and I want to use that. So if I can use my gift, if I can use my platform, if I can use my position in any way to encourage, uh, that's what I want to do. So whether that's at an elementary school or whether that's on a national stage or whether that's 
singing the national anthem at a football game or a basketball game. However that is, it's one of those things of walking forward to say, any opportunity that I get, at every opportunity that I get, I want to make sure that I'm sharing love and I'm sharing joy and I'm spreading the most genuine light and the most genuine heartfelt emotion of um, just joy, love, and acceptance that I can. Mm, I love that so much. And I think what I love about what you said is that the stages can be different. It could be you know, people walking into a theater, but it could be people walking into a football game. It could be people, patients at a hospital. The audience might be different, but the importance of the creative gift is the same. And so let's just piggyback on that for a second. And how do you think the arts and this idea of being creative, how much of an impact do you think it has on the community as a whole? It's drastic. Um, I don't think that we can go without it. Um, and I'm a firm believer that music is in everything. Creativity is in everything. I don't care if you're talking numbers in a firm or if you're talking playbook at a, at a game. At the end of the day, you have to be creative in some shape, form, or fashion to make something move forward. If something's stagnant in the same way all the time, it's going to die. You know, some people would never visit a theater, but now all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's Newsies on Netflix oh, we have Hamilton that's about to come out. And so it's like, I would never have been able to get into a theater to see a theater, or I would never have paid to do that because that's not my thing. But now that I'm at, I'm at home and I have nothing to do or I have the ability to do that and see that, now all of a sudden it's like, oh, I can watch this. I can go Broadway HD and get this like old school. I can go watch Cats. I've never even thought about that. Then you get this love and this passion that you didn't have before and then that opens you up to conversations of, okay, well, well, maybe I could sit through a musical now. And then it's like, oh, well, maybe now I appreciate something that somebody is doing. Well, now maybe I'm seeing this storyline that has shifted my heart and my mind because now I'm watching this musical that I didn't think that I would watch. And I'm like, oh, I never thought about, hmm, well, first off, The Wizard of Oz is something that I've always watched and never thought Wicked that shifts my complete perspective of now watching The Wizard of Oz. Now I'm like, how is this storyline now shifted my heart and my mind to now that I'm looking at this original story that I've always looked at, that this person's a bad guy and this, this, and this, to now saying, okay, now, now I have a different perspective. I may still think the same way, but now my mind is open to different interpretations and understanding of this story. And now my, my, now my scope is broadened to a whole new horizon. I, I love what you said about it opens our minds. It opens the people who are coming to see the theater or perhaps, you know, going to an art museum or watching a film, opening our minds. I'm also really interested in the idea of unlocking the inner artist in everyone. So, and I think sometimes, you know, we can get a little bit of a block of, oh, that, that I'm not creative or I, I don't do that. I'm not an artist. But I'm curious, what do you think about in terms of the artist's role of inspiring, how do you think going to the theater or seeing a film might un help someone to tap in and unlock that inner artist? I think it expands the imagination. I talk about it all the time about having a two-year-old now. If I, was, if, I, if I wasn't in the arts, having a two-year-old has opened my imagination, has opened my mind. 
the fact that he could take a laundry basket and all of a sudden it becomes a million different things. It's a spaceship. It's a submarine. He wants to jump in it like a sack and just do a potato sack rate. Like all the different things in the imagination opening up. The same thing happens in the arts. One of the cool things that I get to do with The Lion King is I have about 12 different roles that I do. But one of the one of the ensemble roles that I do is I'm in the elephant that comes down the aisle at the very beginning of the show in Circle of Life. And the beautiful part that I love about that is I can see people's face because of the way that the elephant is made and the, the leg that I'm in, but people can't see me. So the moment that we walk beside them, it unleashes something because all of a sudden you have this huge, humongous elephant that's walking down the aisle and that just enlightens so many people of like, oh wow, what is going on right now? Second off, it brings up so many emotions and feelings because I don't know one person that has not seen the animated feature of The Lion King, whether as a child or whether as an adult. And so walking down the aisle, I don't care if it's a child of two or four or if it's a grown person of 86 or 90, the moment that they see the elephant, the giraffes walking down the, uh, walking across the stage, their eyes light up. There's not been one person that I've seen since the moment that I started in September where it's like, oh, here comes the circle of life. It's whatever. It's like, wow, is this going on right now? And then you see them after the show and they are inspired. They are encouraged and they are so thankful because something inside of them has welled up of like, man, there's some creative aspect, whether that's I'm going to get in the car and listen, whether that's the creative aspect of I'm going to have a conversation and that creative aspect of a open-ended conversation of what spoke to you or what was the coolest part. You're even being creative in that because your conversation wasn't that such before the show. It may have been turned off or closed off. So even being in conversation, you're creating something. Such a good point. And I think, you know, when I think about creativity and the idea of cultivating our inner artist, our inner creative person, um, I feel like it's a practice. I feel like oh. especially whether you're whether you do it professionally like we do or whether you feel maybe like it's a, a part of you that you're not really in tune with, either way, it involves practice. Um, doing it over and over again until it starts to feel more comfortable, um, especially if it's been a while or you feel like one of those people that's like, I don't do that. Um, so what does your creative practice look like, Darian? Yeah, I would say it is a honestly a daily thing. And just because um, it's a daily thing doesn't mean it's the same thing. Sometimes my practice includes playing my trumpet. Sometimes my practice includes singing a song, listening to music, watching a movie, coloring with my two-year-old. <laughs> like, it, it looks different in every way. It's the small things that you do every day. It's the small things that you do that are intentional to me that make the big things that you choose to do even more so. Like, talking with elementary school kids, a lot of kids are like, how do you perform on a Broadway stage? Like, like how do you do that? And I'm like, honestly, you just do it. You practice so much that it becomes second nature. How was I able to perform in a chorus line? I'll tell you this, I'm not a dancer. Time out. I am a dancer because I was in a chorus line. I checked myself, Lindy. I got myself. I am a dancer. But how did I become that way? I became that way 
by practicing. It was going into the gym every day after I got done with my workout, getting in front of a mirror, doing turns, getting in, my, in front of the mirror, doing balances, like all those things. I practiced so much that I was able to then perform on stage and not feel self, self-conscious self about me not technically being a trained dancer, getting in front of people dancing. I was able to say, guess what? I'm gonna book it with a single, guess what? I'm gonna do the things that I need to do. I'm gonna do this ballet combination and I'm gonna lift up and I'm gonna be good to go. How do you do it? Practice, 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 practice. And I'm telling people now like, we've had three months being at home. Have we wasted it? At the end of the day, when we get out of this or when we get back to the norm, whatever it is, are you gonna be better for what you've been doing? Or are you gonna say, I've kind of wasted my time. We still have time to do stuff. It's the summer. COVID's not officially done. How about we jump on board and keep creating and keep doing things? Move, move the, move the, the, the pole forward. Let's step, let's step forward in what we're doing. I want to ask you one more thing before we wrap things up. Uh, you yeah. mentioned your little one, and I have two little ones myself. They're getting too grown up. Um, but I yes. do, I, I do relate to what you said about being inspired by them and their, the way their creative minds work and the way they can turn a laundry basket into a turtle shell that happens at my house all the time. <laughs> but what, what do you do as a parent to encourage those creative juices to keep flowing with your little one? Um, I think opportunity is key. Um, he's, He's seen me in The Lion King. He knows that. And I get and understand not everybody has the opportunity to have their two-year-old go see Lion King and sit through The Lion King. Like I tell people that all the time. However, you can open up their eyes and um, introduce them to so many different things. The same way that athletics, uh, people want to introduce their kids to sports at a young age so that they can become a LeBron. I want to introduce my kid to the arts at a young age. Because at the end of the day, I'm saying you can be whatever you want to. If you want to be a Cynthia Revo and go sing and kill the house, go do what you do. <laughs> like, and that's that's the truth of the matter. And so the way the way that we do it is we allow and we let him um, kind of dream and go from there. He loves musicals. The fact of the matter that he wants to watch Shrek the musical instead of Shrek the, the cartoon. The fact of the matter that he literally has a YouTube station, like for him, and the top things on this station are Mary Poppins, Step in Time, Matilda, Alphaba. He's like, can we hear? Can we go watch Alphaba? Let's let's go let's go sing The Wizard and I. And he stands there and he performs. He has a a, a bin in his playroom that he has nothing but costumes and literally. Any day or anything that he does, what does he do? He's like, step in time, hold on, let me go get my costume. Goes, gets his vans, puts them on as his tap shoes, puts on his Newsies hat, grabs my roller that I use to roll out my leg, and that's his broom. And all of a sudden, he's doing a seven-minute step in time routine. He's coming to me and saying, Daddy, can you lift me up? So just like Bert walks on the wall and walks on the ceiling, he asked me to walk him on the wall, and I lift him up and walk him on the ceiling. He does the, the whole thing and just stands there in time, arms out and everything. Let him dream. Why can't he? Why to say, no, you can't walk on the walls. We don't walk on the walls. Walk on the wall. Do it. If you see it, on, do it. It's all good. And it's fun. And it's awesome. And it's one of those things of he dreams and he 
he does so many things that inspire me because I'm like, man, if this two-year-old can memorize and think that he can be Bert in a show without understanding anything about tap dancing, but he understands, let me get to the hardwood floor, let me just move my feet and go what's going on, guess what, Darian? Get out your tap shoes, go where you need to go, and work on your flaps. Like, something's wrong with you. Your two-year-old can work on it, so can you. Like, you're not a tapper? Become a tapper. Take some time and do it. So, that's where I sit. That's what I love. Well, Darian, is there anything we didn't talk about today that you would want to add to this conversation? Uh, What I want to add is support the arts. That's what I want to add. I want to add support the arts Fully, whether you're supporting regional theater, whether you're supporting equity theater, however it be, I say support the arts. Not just because I'm an artist, because actually at the end of the day, at some point in time, we are all going to stop being a performing artist. But we all still perform. We all still support the arts because we know what the arts means to us and we know what the arts means to the world. The world needs the arts. And without the arts, we are going to be in a bad spot. So I love the fact of the matter that even though we can't perform this summer, even though we can't be together right now in person in theater, things like this are going on. People are still creating. People are still performing. People are still putting things out there. And I, for one, will still do that. I vow to do that myself, both on my page, both on any arts page, support however I can. You know I'm an advocate, a huge advocate for the Lex. I am all about the Lex. Whether I go and continue on Broadway or whether I stay in Kentucky for the rest of my life, I don't know where that is, what that, what that is, however that is, but I support the arts, I support the Lex, and I love you, love you, love you dearly. We love you too, Darian. We're so proud of you. So, so glad to have you in our Lex fam. It has been so much fun watching your journey. We know you have even bigger things ahead. We can't wait to keep watching you. Thank you so much for being part of our Creative at Home Creative Conversations. And we can't wait to see you sometime soon. Here we go. See you guys. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the Bruce Lunsford Young Artist Program at the Lex, the Murray Foundation, CHI St. Joseph Health, Central Bank, and Kentucky Utilities and LG&E. I hope you enjoyed today's creative conversation. To find out more about our additional creative at home programming, please visit our website, LexingtonTheaterCompany.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you enjoyed today's conversation, you'll definitely want to check out the 101 series, a conversation happening Mondays through Thursdays at 4 p.m. for the month of June. In this series, we're chatting with members of the Lex team, stage managers, lighting designers, costume designers, and more. We're talking creativity, collaboration, and everything it takes to put on a musical theater production at the Lex. Come and join us. Registration is available at our website. Thanks to our Lex team, especially our creative media designer, Joseph Wrightson, and our producing director, Jeremy Smith. 
We'll see you next time on Creative Conversations. Thank you.